0: This is episode number 108, Fostering a Growth Mindset with Big Life Journal creator, Alexandra Idens. Welcome to the Sonia Looney Show. This is a podcast about how to live a high-performance life, spanning the categories of mindset, plant-based nutrition, and inspiring stories to help you be better every day. I'm so excited that you guys are hanging out with me today. Thank you so much for joining and thanks for being a part of this podcast. It was really cool to pass the two year mark a couple weeks ago for the podcast and thanks so much for all the well wishes you guys have been sending. That is awesome. I also wanted to say thank you so much to those of you who have been leaving reviews on Apple podcasts. I know it's hard sometimes cause you're riding or driving and you can't stop what you're doing that second. But if you remember later, if you can just take a couple of seconds and leave us a review, it would be greatly appreciated. And we go through and read them every single week. Big thank you to those of you who are supporting my work on Patreon, a crowdfunding website to help fund the show. And it's patreon.com slash the Sonia Looney Show. And even three to $4 a month can make a really big difference. I also want to say thank you to my podcast producer, Roma, and my assistant, Tina, who have been helping the show grow and who have been spending their time and energy to make this better. So we're all a team here, and I really appreciate all of your support. We have some new socks coming out um, on the Moxie and Grit site. You can pre-order them right now for the next two weeks. And there's three designs. There's a Majestic Beast Walrus sock. There is a classy as F mustache Argyle sock, and there is a Team Unicorn sock. And those are some super fun designs, and I'm really excited to share them with you. You can get them at moxieandgrit.com. I'm really excited about today's podcast topic. It's something that I've spent a lot of time researching and putting into practice. So I was really pumped to have a guest where we could go deep into this topic. So a few years ago, I read a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. It was about the concept that things like talent or intellect are not fixed. And Carol Dweck is a brilliant psychologist, and her research has dramatically affected many, many people. You've probably heard the term growth mindset if you've been listening to this podcast. And someone with a growth mindset ultimately believes that they are capable of improving at anything if they work at it. In fact, research in neuroplasticity or the ability to actually rewire your brain proves that we can not only improve at anything, but we can actually change how our brain works. Growth mindset is something I often talk about in my keynote speeches because I think it's incredibly powerful to help us figure out what we're capable of and to see really positive results. Here are some examples. People with a fixed mindset, which is the opposite of a growth mindset, tend to give up when they are frustrated. They don't like taking on bigger challenges because they are afraid of failure, and they tend not to take criticism well. People with a growth mindset, which is the opposite of the fixed mindset you just heard about, say things like, I didn't get that result yet, but I just need to keep working at it. They inherently believe that challenges are an opportunity for growth, not proof that they aren't good enough at something. And they try new things, even if it means they won't be good at it immediately. So if you're fascinated by this topic, I highly recommend picking up Dr. Carol Dweck's book, Mindset. You can also get it on Audible. That's how I listened to it the first time. So this is where I'm excited to introduce you to our guest today. Her name is Alexandra Idens, and I was scrolling through my Instagram feed about a year ago, and an ad for a growth mindset journal popped up into my feed. Gotta love those Instagram ads. They actually do work on me. So I love stuff like this and I noticed that it was a journal for children and they also have a journal for teens and while I don't have kids, I was still really interested in how you would actually teach this to kids and to teens and there's a lot of things that are geared towards younger people but I think that a lot of the things geared towards younger people are things that maybe we never saw as kids ourselves and we have a lot to learn as adults. Our mindset and lens with how we view failures and successes start when we are young. We all remember the first test we didn't do well on or when we didn't make the soccer team. And it's also greatly affected by how parents and teachers talk to our kids, how we as adults talk to our friends and our peers And It's interesting because as a society, we tend to reward the outcome of something when we're paying someone a compliment. We'll say things to someone in school like, you got an A on your test, you're so smart, or you're so gifted, or you won your soccer game, or you won your bike race, you're so athletic. And By engaging in this type of feedback, it can create a fixed mindset pathway so that if someone doesn't get an A, then it's proof they aren't smart. Or if they don't win a race, that means that they aren't athletic. So instead of rewarding results, we need to give feedback rewarding effort instead. So if somebody does something, you can say, wow, you worked really hard studying for that test. Good job. You did your best, or you did a lot of different things to get ready for this event. And that's really awesome. And you went out and you did your best. So it's not just about the end result so that people and also kids aren't afraid to try new things so that You don't have to validate just the end, the outcome. In Alexandra's awesome journal, Big Life Journal, she and her husband wanted to create something so that when kids become stuck in negative self talk or are paralyzed by fear of failure, they have a resource to go to. And the journal provides fun exercises so that kids can develop a growth mindset and learn how to have more confidence. And while this journal is designed for kids, I think that this conversation benefits everyone. And I actually personally bought the journal for teens because I wanted to look at it. And it's just a really good reminder for us personally, and also just for how we talk to other people. And as you guys know, I'm also fascinated in business. So I really wanted to hear how Alexandra started this journey. So she went from working at IBM in finance to creating Big Life Journal. We talked about how she made that transition. We talked about the ups and downs and the process of creating Big Life Journal. We talked about why their first Kickstarter campaign failed. We talk about what is a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, how to build resilience in our kids, how to have effective self-talk, and parenting mistakes with how we talk to our kids. And again, even if you don't have kids, I think that there's a lot of benefit and things to learn that you can apply personally to your life or how you can talk to kids that you know. Before we dive in with Alexandra, I wanted to say thank you to our podcast sponsor, Kuat Racks. Kuat is a big part of my summer because I like taking road trips all over British Columbia to go ride. And in fact, tomorrow I'm going to Squamish, so I will be loading up my bike on my Sherpa rack. The Sherpa rack is lightweight. It holds two bikes. It's super easy to use. It locks onto the hitch and the bikes also lock onto the rack. And Kuat is also making new outdoor racks, so you can put your kayak or other types of outdoor gear on your car. So if you're interested in upgrading or getting your first rack, which I highly recommend, go to kuatracks.com, K-U-A-T racks.com. All right, everyone, here is Alexandra Idens. Welcome to the show, Alexandra. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's so cool to meet you in person because I read so much of the journal and follow the Instagram and am on your email list. So it's fun to put a face behind all the amazing information that I've been getting. That's wonderful. Yeah. So like I looked into your background a bit because a lot of times whenever we meet people or see people where they are, you kind of wonder where they came from and how they got there. So like, how did you get to where you are today with a career that was at IBM? (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yes, I had a pretty long journey to where I am right now. I started in finance and that was my you know, entire life for a very long time. I used to work in IBM, as you mentioned, in finance. I used to work in New York City. So it was a completely different environment, completely different thing from what I'm doing right now. And I also was, when I was working at IBM, I was also trying to start a lot of businesses on the side. So this was kind of like an interesting project, you know, interesting projects that I was doing. So I was like trying to start a media company and then I was trying to start like a software company and printed t-shirts and I was selling t-shirts and all of these things. And I was kind of looking for different ideas. And then my husband and I, we got pregnant with my son and, you know, like we both attended lots of courses and read so many books and We pretty much knew what kind of things we wanted to teach our son, but we didn't know how to translate this kind of personal development in adult language into child language. And so we started looking for different tools for parents. And at that point, we couldn't find anything that would be very friendly and specifically related to like a mindset education. So and then we just decided to create something ourselves. And that's how the idea for our first journal came up. And, you know, since I was like already pretty much used to creating different projects and companies and ideas, businesses, so I was I just ran with it.
0: That's so cool. And did you have to raise money or did you just like create it on your own?
1: We did raise money. So it was a pretty long journey because the first we created a prototype and that took us a while because we took the process very seriously. We interviewed a lot of people. We talked to a lot of teachers and parents. And then then we decided to do a Kickstarter campaign. And the very first campaign we did failed. We didn't raise enough money for the first to finish the journal and print the first run. So after that, we kind of um, regrouped and then said, okay, so... We clearly think it's a good idea. <laughs> so even though we failed, you know, we just, it just means we probably didn't do something right. And we took another couple months and learned about Kickstarter, actually. We just took a course about how to run a Kickstarter campaign and how to crowdfund. And so we learned a lot about that. And then the second campaign we ran a few months later, it was 300% funded. So it was very successful.
0: And what did you do differently? Like, what was the main thing that made it successful? We did a lot of things differently. The
1: first time when we came, when we started, when we ran the first Kickstarter campaign, we were clueless about crowdfunding. We basically saw all the successful campaigns and we thought, you know, as long as you have a good idea, you're probably going to raise a lot of money. And it's very far from the truth. I mean, you have to, for Kickstarter, you have to prepare many months in advance. So it's a very long process and you have to create a Email list of people who are interested in your idea. In this email list, it will have to be pretty large to get any kind of traction. (laughs) And then you would, you know, you you need to strategize like about your different strategies, how you're going to drive traffic to your page and things like that. So it was certainly a lot of things that we did.
0: Awesome. So how did you come up with the concept of the journal, and how did you learn about all these different concepts in your own life? Like, where did did it did it come from? The personal development workshops.
1: Uh, Yes. So the growth mindset, that's the kind of the main concept behind what we do. Growth mindset was developed by Professor Carol Dweck. She's a Stanford psychologist, and she created this concept many, many years ago. But uh, she also wrote a book, which is called Mindset she became quite popular. The concept of growth mindset was it was announced by a few very famous people like Tony Robbins and all these people who have a lot of following and that's how it got very popular in the recent years. And we learned about it through one of those kind of gurus and we read the book and we knew exactly that's what we want to do. That's what we want to help our children have a growth mindset in ourselves. We (laughs) wanna transition to that kind of mindset. And I immediately thought back to my childhood and I realized that up till, you know, my thirties, I was living in a pretty fixed mindset, (laughs) you know, way. I can explain what it means. I don't know if a lot of people know the difference. (laughs) So the fixed mindset would be you thinking that you're born a certain way and you have a pretty set set abilities and talents and you, for example, either you're a good cook or you're not a good cook you're good at math you're not good at math whereas the growth mindset is the belief that you can always improve with strategies of practice and with putting forth a lot of effort and with help from others so and it's science that our brains change throughout the entire life so it's not only children who experience their, you know changes in their brain but also adults as well you can change your brain you can create new cells in your brain you can also create new connections in the brain and you can certainly learn anything and growth mindset doesn't only translate to your intelligence it also translates to all aspects of your life so to athletes and you know even your relationships so let's say you might think that you just a certain way in your relationships that's a fixed mindset right so you can always change the story and you can say well i'm this way now. So how can I get to another way? So growth mindset is just transformational for anything. And it's just, we have seen so many great success stories with this type of thinking.
0: Yeah. I found Carol Dweck's book several years ago, and I thought it was one of the best books I'd ever read and recognize in myself, especially growing up that I had a super fixed mindset and that yeah. I, my self-worth came from my results and not from my effort. And as an athlete, like you're measured every single day based on like your numbers or like how well you do relative to everybody else. So like learning how to have good self-esteem is is really difficult whenever you come from that place. And the way that we talk to our kids and our friends, like everybody, the way that we communicate about success and work, hard work and results, it trickles down everywhere. So like starting with yourself and figuring that out is so helpful. But I love your journal because you have multiple journals and they're for kids of different ages so that you can communicate with kids on their level. So how did you differentiate the communication style between like a child and a teenager, for example, with this stuff?
1: So the first journal we created was for children. And as soon as we created this journal, as soon as we started growing, our community started asking us to create a similar journal for teens almost immediately. And we were getting so many messages every day that actually I never envisioned us to creating a journal for teens. I never thought we would. But then there's so many requests and we decided, OK, we're going to take on this project and one of my mentors said, there's a reason why it doesn't exist. <laughs> it is really difficult task to create something that teens will like, and especially on this kind of topic. So we took on this challenge, and I worked on the journal for probably a year, and I had a, a few mentors that work closely with teens. Teens giving us feedback, mostly on the design, you know, types of questions. So... Well, the first couple of designs that we offered teens, they immediately denied. So they say, no, this is just, no, I don't like it. This is childish. This is too cartoonish or whatever. So we were offering them multiple versions. And then finally, we found something that teens liked. And then they were saying, giving us feedback, something like, I don't want to write a lot of things. I just want to check boxes. Like, I don't want it to feel overwhelming. So all these different things that we're hearing from teens, we took into consideration. And then, you know, we're listening to our mentors and how they see teens' perceive information and what would feel overwhelming for them, for example, what wouldn't feel overwhelming. So it was quite a difficult project, but it was such a huge success after, you know, when we released the Teen Journal, we also did a Kickstarter campaign and it was funded in 40 minutes and we couldn't even believe it. Like we were watching our entire team. We had just completely... Yeah, I don't mean, know, it was such a huge surprise. Like we were watching the first, I don't know, a couple hours, we were beyond our goal. And in the end, I think our campaign was only fifteen days, actually. It wasn't even a typical 30-day Kickstarter campaign, and we we're a thousand percent funded. So it was just showing that, you know, parents and teens were interested in a tool like this because nothing like this exists.
0: So what's the best way to teach kids self esteem and teach them about failure and mistakes? I mean, there's so many different
1: ways. For example, if you're talking about small children, like my son, he's only two and a half, you would start with, you know, giving them a lot of independence and encouraging independence because children, they do develop self-esteem and confidence. The more they do things by themselves and they see the results instead of you trying to help them immediately. And then with a little bit older children, you start introducing positive self-talk you know, for example, like a growth mindset, there's a very typical, not typical, but there's a certain way you talk to kids <laughs> if you want them to develop a growth mindset. So, for example, you mentioned a little bit, you know, about effort, like when you praise your children, it's very important that you pay attention to how they got to the goal, how they got to the results. So let's say they got a good grade or they won a championship or anything like this. You praise the effort. You praise the time they spent practicing You praise how they didn't give up when it was difficult and all these different things. And even if they did not win the championship, you still pay attention to those things because at the end of the day, what they need to understand is that the actual, the process, that's what matters. And then when they do practice, when they put a lot of effort, they learn and they improve and they always can compare themselves to, you know, their past results and see the improvement. So praising the effort, praising their, if, if given them their specific praise. So let's say if you have a small child and they draw what they drew a picture and then instead of saying, oh, the good job, you know, good job is a very general praise. <laughs> it doesn't give any information to a child to what they did right or what was the good job, you know, in this. And then what you could say is you could pay attention to details. You can start describing the colors. You can say, well, I really liked how you drew this or I liked the colors you used here, or, you know, this is very different from what you did before, you know, you're trying new strategies. So that's a very informational praise, right? So you provide a lot of information to a child, to what you're paying attention to. So those kind of things, they all matter. And another advice that we give to parents is to use the power of yet, and children really understand it pretty fast. So when you hear your child saying, well, I can't do this, or I just don't know how to do it, I you know, all these negative statements, you can always say, well, you can do this yet. And by adding this word yet completely transforms the situation because it gives them a power to think, okay, so what can I do? What kind of strategy can I use? Or what can I do to change this? Right. So the power of yet is a very popular strategy that parents are using in our community.
0: And like, what if the kid just keeps trying and they keep working hard, but they just can't get to their goal. And then they think like, oh, I'm I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I just can't do it. Like, Because yes. there are some times where you might not ever get there.
1: Yes. And Carol Dweck talks about the false growth mindset. And what she describes is when you sometimes when people learn about growth mindset, they think immediately it's try and try again, meaning that, you know, effort is That's all that matters. (laughs) And what she says is that sometimes when a child is working on something and it just doesn't work for them or they just can't get to the result. And if you keep telling them to try again, you will put them in the position of weakness and frustration and disappointment because they already tried pretty hard. So what you could talk about is different strategies and different strategies is another side of a growth mindset. So it's not only about effort and practice, it's also about trying different things. And that's what you can explain to a child. We'll say, "Well, it looks like what you're doing right now isn't working. So let's think how else we can do this or how else we can get to this result." And it could be a complete something completely different or asking for help. That's a good strategy as well. So if your child is struggling and, you know, they can't get to where they are instead of, you know, immediately asking them to try hard, <laughs> brainstorm different solutions.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good advice because doing the same thing over and over and just doing it even harder doesn't always work. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, so like something I thought was really interesting about growth mindset was how we as adults and as kids become afraid to try when we are praised for the result because it's like if you are winning or you're getting 100 on stuff and it's happening every single time, then you're afraid to take risks and try new things because, well, what if you don't get 100 next time? That means that you're not smart or you're not athletic. So like in our own lives, how can we break out of that fixed mindset around being afraid to try because we don't wanna prove to everybody else that we're not enough? Yes,
1: and that's where the praise comes in with children specifically, because when Carol Dweck started to study children and growth mindset, she has done a lot of experiments in the school environment. And what she did was she separated classrooms into two groups of children. And uh, there's one specific experiment that comes to mind. It actually is described in the book. And then she gave ev- everyone a puzzle. And then when kids completed the puzzle, two groups of kids received two different types of praise. So the first group received a praise saying, oh, you're, you completed this puzzle, you're really smart. And the second group received a praise which said, it looks like you worked really hard and you completed this puzzle. So what happens with the first group of people who, kids, and it works immediately, like it's just one praise and changes their mindset. So what happens is those kids, they immediately get this message that they are smart. And like you said, they don't want to lose this title of being smart. And what happens is that next time, you know, in the same experiment, they were asking kids, okay, so now you have a choice. You can choose a more difficult puzzle or you can choose the same level of difficulty. And what they found is the first group, almost everyone chose the same type of difficulty. And almost everyone, in the second group, chose a more difficult puzzle. So what it means that you know the children in the first group don't want to lose that title of being smart. They don't want to disappoint a teacher. They don't want to, like, not complete the puzzle. And now the teacher is going to think they're not smart anymore. So the praise is very important. And unfortunately, when we were growing up and, you know, a lot of parents still praise their children for being smart and grandparents, especially, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you you hear the phrases. You're such a genius. You're so good at this. It's just so easy for you. And you're so smart. And those types of praises are pretty dangerous for a mindset. So You know, we always advise parents to avoid those types of praises and instead, you know, praise not the person, but the action. So let's say like you praise what they've done instead of who they are and then let them see the connection between what they did and the results. So it's always a matter of the how much effort they put in and what kind of strategies they used.
0: Yeah. So like a lot of times our self-worth is coming from those results and our self-confidence is coming from those results. So as adults, like we've all sort of grown up with this and it's deeply ingrained. So how do you find self-worth only looking at effort? Because like it's easy to say, but it's hard to actually execute. And that's something that I personally work on every day is like, okay, just because I won a race or I have this many podcast downloads or whatever, like that doesn't mean that I'm good and I'm lovable. It's, it's like the work I'm putting in. It's the person I'm becoming, but it's really hard to actually execute that. So like, how do you continue to grow in that area?
1: I mean, you can pay attention to the results, but the most important thing is to help the child to connect the result and the effort it's not always straightforward. So let's say a child does not win a championship or something, their team doesn't win a championship. And then you can have this discussion. So why do you think this happened? Is it because you haven't tried hard or is it because this was just a level difficult for you or what can we do to improve this? When they won the championship, you can have a different conversation instead of celebrating immediately, right? And praising for this. You can have, Carol Dweck actually suggests an interesting way of addressing when your child accomplishes something. She says, well, one way you can say is like, I'm sorry, this was too easy for you. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like it was really easy for you. So let's find you a new challenge. So what she's saying is, you know, the wins and the results when it actually was easy for your child. Instead of praising, you should make a comment and say, well, yeah, it looks like it was easy if they did try really hard and then won the championship or they got the result, of course you should pay the, praise the effort. But I mean, the results are the results and they're there, but I think the discussion about the results, that's what matters. And if there's something, if you're not seeing the results, of course, it's not fun, right? So it's not fun to continue, but what you can do is you can have this reflection for yourself or together with your child. If you're talking about children to why, you know, you're not getting where you're not getting. So, I think that's where it's coming in.
0: And as a parent, like I'm not a parent myself, but I would imagine that there is a very high degree of just self-awareness as the parent so that you can have this narrative with your kids because kids pick up on everything and they look at what you do and they, they really are sensitive. So you could say one thing, but if you act a certain way, then they're going to pick up on that. So like, what are some other parenting mistakes or just things pitfalls that parents aren't aware that they're even doing that they can maybe bring to their attention to help with help their kids.
1: So one of the big things that you know we see is reaction to failure and reaction to mistakes and when we want to help our kids develop a growth mindset, we want them to welcome mistakes and failures as opportunities to learn and not be afraid to fail. And your reaction matters a lot and not only to their mistakes and and failures but also to yours as well and we see that some parents they don't understand that concept of you know kind of praising for or turning the mistakes and failures into a positive thing some parents in our communities actually even you know high-fiving their kids for mistakes like what they they celebrate in mistakes and i feel like this you know whether or not you're going to celebrate mistakes of your child but at least normalize the mistakes and failures and just have this conversation that they're always going to be there if you are doing anything challenging at all and another thing which would suggest is actually kids are responding very well when you start explaining them the science in a kid-friendly way so let's say when parents start talking about growth mindset they even talk about their ability their brain's ability to grow and the more that kids practice and learn the more the brain gets stronger and the new cells develop and new connections develop. And in terms of mistakes, uh, the same thing happens. So when we make a mistake, a certain activity happens in your brain that doesn't happen when you get things right. And this is something that you can explain to your child saying that, you know, did you know that mistakes actually help you grow your brain? They help you. And it's remarkable because it's, it's all science, right? So You can say that, you know, the, when you make a mistake, there are certain things that happen in your brain that makes it stronger. And it doesn't happen when you get things right. Because when you get things right, you already know the answer. So all these conversations are pretty important. And, you know, parents, when they get into the uh, growth mindset and they don't know where to start, we always suggest them, okay, we'll start with the basics. Start with explaining the science. Start with celebrating the mistakes and failures. Talk about your mistakes and failures every day. You know, some families do family dinners and they talk about one mistake they did. They go around the table and they name a mistake they've done for a failure failure of the day or something like that. So all these things, they help.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting going back to grades. Like grades is just a really easy example. Like mistakes are highlighted in red by the teacher and there's like their, their grade becomes less when they make mistakes. So like, yeah. what are your thoughts around grades and the school system and how we're actually teaching? Because- I don't know. Like, I don't know how to fix it. But if we're really focused on you're an A student or you're a B student or you're a C student, it's like, well, you could be a C student because you're not working hard or you could be a C student because you chose to take the harder classes and are making lots of mistakes and are are just having a harder time picking up the concept. So like, what is the best way for us to move forward in the school system, in your opinion? Yeah,
1: I feel like a lot of schools are understanding this. And that's why we actually have seen such a great interest from schools when we developed our resources and especially the journals we never intended them to be for a school environment because we always thought it's going to be a parent's tool and then we started seeing interest from schools and now we have schools that buy our journals for the entire classrooms which means that they recognize the value of these things the mindset and all of the things that we're talking about in the journals but what one school actually, that we just love, what they do is instead of grades, they they give either A or instead of any grade, instead of B, C, and D, they would just write not yet. And I feel like this sends a very powerful message to child saying that, you know, you're almost there, <laughs> but you're just not there yet, but you can get there, right? So it completely transforms the message. And there are other schools that reaching out to us that are more, how to say that they're more progressive And they're more entrepreneurial. They try to teach kids, you know, with this entrepreneurial mindset and they all use our resources. And another large and I know it's it's very true for the United States and Canada as well, but not so much for Australia and New Zealand, but also homeschooling. Homeschoolers are very excited about what we do because now they have these resources that they can introduce into their homeschool, which are, which, which helped to develop social emotional learning and provide mindset education. So I feel like there's a lot of hope. And, but from our own experience that kids, so many schools are reaching out to us on a daily basis. I feel like now we've lived in England for some time and we actually learned that now UK education system, they rate schools. Now they rate schools on social emotional learning as well. So now it became like a formal grade for school. They have to incorporate that into their curriculum.
0: Wow. That's congratulations. Like that must be incredibly fulfilling to know that the impact you're making is so massive that the fact that like schools are taking in everything that you're doing. And I mean, you're changing people's lives in a huge way.
1: Thank you. Yes. We are so excited. We haven't, like I said, we have not envisioned this path <laughs> when we started, but now we create our resources with schools in mind because we just yes, we've seen that they do like our resources and teachers love using them in their classrooms.
0: So how have you incorporated the growth mindset into the vision for your business? Because it's really easy to look at your business and say, oh, like, I'm probably not gonna be able to get to here or just to build your own glass ceiling. So how have you implemented that in your own life?
1: Well, I mean, like we do this all the time. Like I've given a very specific example, like right now we're working on a podcast for kids. And when we had this idea to create a podcast for children, we set a goal to be in the top three podcasts on iTunes in children's category. So, and we started from zero, I absolutely knowing nothing about podcasting or how to even do this for children, because I think for adults, it's more straightforward, right? For children, you have to make it a show <laughs> with music and characters and actors and all these things uh, and stories. So that's what we did. and you know, it's shaping up. We already recorded two episodes and it's looking very, very good. But I feel like the entire process, we were just completely like learning new things every single day, every single day outside of our comfort zone. And it's just like, how did we even got ourselves into all this? Because it just became a, such a huge project. And, you know, this definitely requires a lot of growth mindset.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you've also had to build a team around you. Like, that whole process that you just described, like, if you don't have a background at all, like, I'm just thinking about myself, like, you have no, I have no background in like education or teaching or like how to even design a kid's character for a podcast. Like, how did you build a team around you to help you with this?
1: So, for podcasts specifically, I mean, it's all serendipity because as soon as we decided to build a podcast, a woman reached out to us and she said she's a writer for comedy for kids, and she just wants to work with us, not knowing that we we're creating a podcast. We hired her, and she just is fantastic. Like, the scripts that she writes for our podcast are funny, and they still deliver the messages that we want to deliver, but they are delivered in a funny way that kids actually will consume. And and then we had another woman who reached out and said she writes music. And I'm like, well, this is very convenient. Yeah. <laughs> we need somebody to write music. And so all these things that just happened, I don't know. And I feel the more you kind of think about the ha- when you have an intention in your mind and in your heart, uh, things just align. That's at least that's what happened to us.
0: Yeah. There's like some quote saying like the universe conspires to help you achieve it. And it sounds so hokey, but it actually is true. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. That's what happened.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I just, I'm really stoked about this journal. Where can people find it? You have two, right? Or, or i yes. missing some. Okay.
1: We have two journals, and then we're actually working on the second edition of the first journal. So that's going to be coming out this year. And the teen journal is available. So all available on biglifejournal.com. We also have a lot of supplementary materials like printable kits. And some parents start with printable kits. Let's say they uh, separated by topic. So there's one on self-esteem. There's one on resilience. There's one on growth mindset specifically. And we also will be coming out with kindness and gratitude ones. So those are kind of like a fun worksheets that you can print at home and your kids can fill out and they all very much non-school How to say that they they don't look like anything they will get in school, and that's what actually kids respond into because they are fun and colorful. We always have professional illustrators illustrate every single one, and they don't look like any like worksheet they will get in school. So that's not going to be perceived as homework.
0: Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that as like the kids seeing it and saying like, "Oh gosh, this is like another worksheet I have to fill out." Like how horrible.
1: (laughs) that's exactly what when we started researching for our first journal in the very beginning when we started working on prototype that's the first thing that we were told by parents it cannot look like anything like homework because kids will never do it and so we worked really hard to make it (laughs) as fun as possible and sometimes like You have to balance between fun and the message that you want to deliver, right? So like in this podcast, we have to include a lot of jokes not related to growth mindset for kids to actually keep listening, you know, about like burps and stuff like that. But this is like how you get them interested, right? So, and then the characters talk about growth mindset in a way, right? So yeah, it's art and science together.
0: Awesome. Well, (laughs) thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're very busy. I appreciate all the hard work that you've done to help build this out and make kids' lives and parents' lives better. Thank you so much, Sonia, it was a great pleasure. I hope you guys found some inspiration and learned some cool things from Alexandra and maybe even pick up her journal. It's pretty cool that they're using these journals in schools now as part of the curriculum to teach kids about growth and fixed mindset. And also my mother-in-law has been a teacher here in British Columbia, and she regularly teaches about growth and fixed mindset because, man, I never heard of this stuff growing up and it would have been so powerful to learn about this. I also just wanted to say thank you again for listening to this podcast and for sharing the show with your friends. It's super cool to share the screenshots on my Instagram feed whenever you guys tag the show. And just to get feedback that what I'm doing is helping. And my purpose, the reason I do everything that I'm doing through my writing, my podcast, my speaking, my social media and bike racing is just to share stories so that we can all be better, all feel more comfortable in our own skin and just find resources so that the world can be better and we can feel good. So with all that said, wishing you all the best success in your training and adventures. And we'll see you back here next week.